guys, T.D. here with Freedom in Christ Mississippi. Welcome back to our podcast. Just a reminder, my goal in these podcasts is really just to help everyone reconnect with the message of Freedom in Christ. We're on the backside of this COVID pandemic and not sure how many more months. It feels like this year, 2021, that we'll begin to kind of pull out of this and get back to whatever normal is going to look like. But I know as I talk to people who've been disconnected from their local church, disconnected from their Christian friends. It seems that everyone is needing and longing to reconnect with each other, which you can't replace. I think we certainly need, um, scripture certainly teaches that. We, and we know experience tells us that we need other people in our lives to remind us of this truth. And so right now, I wanted just to continue to use this technology to help everybody reconnect with the message. Um, I miss hearing it, and in teaching it, I'm really teaching it to myself. And, uh, you know, we all carry these empty buckets, uh, or buckets with holes in them, I should say, and they leak down and they empty out uh, fairly quickly if we don't continue to refill them with what is true. And so I just pray today helps you. And speaking of truth, so today we're going to talk about the world's view of truth. In previous weeks, I've talked about and established this idea that we're free in Christ, that we're new creations already. We already have a new nature already. Um, We're not um, people who are trying to become children of God. If we've, by faith, trusted in Christ, we've been born again, and we already are children of God. And uh, a part of this is discovering our whole new identity, who we are. Um, You know, we may get a new piece of technology or a new app on our phone or a new piece of software, um, and many times we're not sure how it works. It takes us time. Uh, Maybe we'll watch a YouTube video or old school. We'll read a book to try to figure out how to use something. And um, that app, that, you know, new piece of new technology can already do all of these things, but we're not aware of it. We don't know how it works. And so for many of us, who've come to faith in Christ, we everything that we needed to walk free and full in Christ. The scripture says, you know, in Second Peter chapter 1, that God has given us everything we need for life and godliness. You don't need anything else. You don't need a new experience. You simply need to know what you've already have, if that makes sense. Um, so today, uh, so, so I want to People, I'm sure, push back and they hear, okay, I'm already new and I'm a, I'm a child of God and all of these things are new about me. And uh, But why is it so hard? Why does it seem so difficult to live for Christ? To and, and I'm not talking about on Sunday. I'm talking about Monday through Saturday. Why is it so difficult for me to seem to stay connected, to feel I'm connected to God, but also to experience Him, to share Him with others, to love uh, you know, to return blessings for curses. Why is this so hard? Well, you know, we live uh, in a fallen world, and uh, the world's view of truth is certainly skewed. And because it's skewed, every day we're living in a in a system, a world system that truly um, keeps us confused and really stands against everything that we hold dear. First um, John, in the book of First John, in chapter four, uh, John says. Um, basically the whole world the entire world lies under the control of the evil one but he also mentions the fact that in that world we are his children and so um, yeah we're behind enemy lines in some regard so um, let's jump back in speaking of first John first John chapter 2 verse 15 and 17 reads like this 
do not love the world or the things in the world okay and you're like well I thought God so loved the world like well I don't understand why is he saying now not to love the world well he goes on to explain what that is if anyone loves the world the love of the Father is not in him and here it is for all that is in the world the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not from the Father, but it's from the world. Okay, so let's stop. It's what he's talking about here. It's not the people in the world. He's not talking about nature. He's talking about these three things that make up the world system: the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And he, he goes on to say, "This is not from the Father, but it's from the world." In last verse 17, and the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. One of the reasons the world system is wrong is the fact that it's temporary. We want to invest our lives, we want to invest our resources in things that go the distance, and there's no distance further than forever. <laughs> The man who does, the woman who does, the will of God abides forever. But the world system is passing away. Um, and we'll talk about this idea here in a minute of why there is a bias against those who hold a Christian worldview, those who are looking for eternal things, why there seems to be such a bias against this. But before we do, I want to mention this same idea, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, is seen back in the first book of the Bible where... Adam and Eve are tempted by the serpent and they succumb to that but basically the serpent tempts Eve through these same three channels he points out you know God has given them free reign of every fruit every tree all of these things that they can have but he's he's made one tree off off uh, off limits and and asked them to exclude them from eating the fruit from that tree and so Genesis 3, 6 reads like this. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and the tree was able, uh, was desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. So as you look through here, you see these three things mentioned. You see that it was a delight to her eyes lust of the flesh, that it was good for food, um, lust of the eyes, and I get those two mixed up from time to time, and and that the fact that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, um, which John referred to as just the fact that it was the pride of life. So in the first temptation you see these same three. It's appealing to the flesh, appealing to the eyes, and appealing to the pride of life. Um, and so what we get in today's world, and we, we talk about this in the class, are these three false formulas. The world's view of truth are to, is this. The, this is the world's view of truth. First of all, if you perform well and you accomplish a lot of things, that you will be significant. You perform well and you accomplish a lot of things, you will be significant. And while we want to raise our kids to be responsible adults, the fact is a lot of times they're being formed by these three things and this is what you hear at school is your performance in the classroom on the athletic field in the dance studio uh, whatever your kids extracurricular activities are but you perform well and if you accomplish things 
you know, you made the dean's list. Um, you were you placed first in the baseball tournament. Um, you uh, you know, on and on. If you do those things, you will be significant, right? Um, but you know, it's very common. You can take a a professional athlete who's won four or five championships and ask them, do they feel significant? And many of them struggle with feeling insignificant. And you're like, wait, this guy has everything, or this this lady has everything, and she has, uh, you know, they have the look and the stuff. But the truth is, performance plus accomplishment never equals significance. Because how much is enough? How much, you know, you 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 perform and you win it, but then you got to go back and do it again to keep feeling significant. And eventually, uh, we all step down from our competitions, or at least some of us try to, right? Um, so another thing in the world system is this idea that status plus recognition equals security. That if I'm recognized or if I maintain a certain status, um, you know, it could be a certain membership or a certain group of people that we run to with. Uh, and if we get recognized, then we could, you know, we will feel secure. There won't be insecurity about us because we're in with the right crowd. Um, I don't know if you noticed these so far, significant security, and the last one is acceptance. We talked about these on a previous podcast because God made us to have these needs met. God wants us to have significance and security and acceptance. The problem is, where do we go to get those met? Do we go back to our relationship with Jesus Christ in order to get these things, or are we running into the world to try to get that need met. The problem is that what the world provides will eventually leave us, us empty. You know, the last one, and I didn't finish, is, is acceptance, is appearance plus admiration. You know, if I could just get other people to admire me, then I would be accepted. And we look at our teenagers and we go, man, you know, they're posting on Instagram and TikTok and all these social media. They, they, so mu- they want so many people to accept. They want to be liked. But the truth is, this is at every level in every generation in some way we want to be accepted God made us that way there's nothing wrong with wanting to be accepted or secure or significant that's not wrong what where we get off the track is when we go to try to get those met somewhere else through and here's where the world steps in it steps in and says oh I have an answer for you I know how you can feel significant secure and accepted and they provide the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life to lead us to really ultimately sin because what sin is is really trying to get any of these needs met apart from a relationship with Jesus that's what sin is God has made a way for us to get all of our needs not just a a place in heaven when we die but a life now an abundant life now a meaningful life now a secure life now an accepted life now We can have all those things now in and through our relationship with God as we live, as we commune with Jesus, as we talk to Jesus, as we share our life and ask him to share his life through us. Like All of that spiritual connection with God is there to help us meet those. But we live in a world that has a bias against faith and believing because ultimately it can't be put in a test tube. And we live, some have referred to it as a postmodern society. I think we're, I'm sure there's something more 
um, articulate than saying it's a post postmodern society, but that's what I feel sometimes. Um, and it's just this idea that truth is just what you make it. What's true for you is true for you, and what's true for me is what's true for me. So, but yet, some so many people's truth that believes like that create their own truths around their performance and their status and their you know their appearance and their admiration. So they're like, well, that's true for me. And the thing I want to tell you is. I hate that you believe that because you know how empty you are. If that is ultimately, you would say, well, those things are true for me, but I know deep down inside that everyone who are pursuing those things apart from Jesus, ultimately, they may not in a moment, uh, you know, they may not in a moment. The Bible says that there's, you know, pleasure in sin for a season, but the end, the end is darkness and emptiness and loneliness and despair and depression and anxiety and anger and the fruit of that is a life lived apart from God and I don't want anybody to experience those things but yet we we are pursuing things in the world and we are many times seeking medical assistance and help to cope with the pressure that we've created because of the lies that we believe. And so, um, you know, I, I just think there's this huge bias against faith and believing because living in a postmodern society, it's if you can't test it or see it or, uh, you know, then it must not be true. But as we talked about last week, you know, truth um, is believing what God has said. And uh, John 17, 17, Jesus was praying for his disciples. This was before he went to the cross to die for your sin and for my sin um, in obedience to the Father. Before that happened, uh, he's praying. He's praying for these 12 disciples that he's, been, he's spent the last few years of his life with. He's praying for them. And then he, he also is praying for those who would come to believe through their action, which includes us. All of us have come to faith in Christ because of the obedience of those first 12 disciples who saw Christ resurrected and who experienced him personally. They shared that with the world, and now you and I believe. But Jesus, as he was praying for those first those disciples, knowing that he would be crucified, Jesus said that he prayed that they would be set apart by your word. And this is the prayer to the Father. Jesus said, set them apart or sanctify them by your word and he says this and your word God your word father is truth so the Bible as we've gone back the words of God recorded in the scripture contain and are truth um, and so for us it's important that we focus our lives and renew our minds around what is true you know, there's a scripture in the New Testament that says you know uh, that tells us in I think it's the book of Philippians that you know whatever is true and noble and right think about those things and I think so many people struggle to think about those things because they don't know those things they don't know they don't know what is true and you can't think about something that you don't know and so for us we want to help you today as we kind of end this this podcast in talking about what is true um, you need truth for specific things that you might be struggling with. A lot of times people will hold up a Bible and say, you need to believe this book. 
in a general sense. And while what they're saying may be true generally, it doesn't help us unless we get into it specifically. And all of us have specific lies we've believed about the false formulas for the world, and we need to learn to not just disbelieve what is false, but to believe what is true. It's not just to not do the negative, but do the positive, in this case, which is believe the truth. And so as we go through the podcast and we get into, uh, in a few weeks, we'll talk about how you can work on this specifically, but we're going to make it really easy for you today. There's some common things that all of us seem to struggle with, and um, we refer to these as the why should I statements, or they may be called, uh, you may have heard these referred to as the 20 cans of success or the 20 cans of faith. These are just positive truth statements that are about specific issues that can help you. And I want to end today um, reading these to you, reminding you of these things, and helping you to be able to walk free in Christ. And so, here we go. Why should I lack when I know that God will supply all of my needs according to His riches in Christ Jesus? Philippians 4.19 Why should I fear when the Bible says that God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind? 2 Timothy 1.7 Why should I lack faith to fulfill what God has called me to do, knowing that God has given me a measure of faith to do that with? Romans 12.3 Why should I be weak when the Bible says the Lord is the strength of my life, and I will display that strength and take action knowing that I know God personally. Psalm 27 1. Why should I allow Satan's supremacy over my life when I know that the one that is in greater that is in me, that is Jesus, is greater than the person of Satan that is in the world? 1 John 4 4. Why should I accept defeat when the Bible says that God will lead me into victory? 2 Corinthians 2 14. Why should I lack wisdom when Christ became wisdom to me from God? And God gives me wisdom to generally ask for him what I need. James 1.5 Why should I be depressed when I can recall to mind of God's loving kindness, compassionness, faithfulness, and I can have hope? Lamentations 3.21 Why should I worry and fret when I can cast all my cares on Jesus who cares for me? 1 Peter 5.7 Why should I ever be in bondage to knowing to that, knowing that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, 2 Corinthians 3.17. Why should I feel condemned when the Bible says I'm not condemned because I'm in Christ Jesus, Romans 8.1. Why should I feel alone when Jesus said he is always with me and that he will never leave me or forsake me, Matthew 28.20. Why should I feel cursed or that I'm a victim of bad luck when the Bible says that Christ redeemed me from the curse of the law, that I might receive his spirit, Galatians 3.13. Why should I be content, discontent with my circumstances when I, like the Apostle Paul, can learn to be content in all things, Philippians 4. Why should I feel worthless when Christ became a sin on my behalf that in him I might be the righteousness of God, 2 Corinthians 5.21 Why should I have a persecution complex knowing that nobody can stand against me when God is for me? Romans 8.31 Why should I be confused when God is the author of peace and he gives me knowledge through his indwelling spirit? 1 Corinthians 2.12 
Why should I feel a failure when I am a conqueror in all things through Christ who gives me strength? Romans 8.37 And why should I let the pressures of life bother me when I can take courage knowing that Jesus has overcome the world and all of its trouble? John 16.33 I hope that some of these statements that I read, um, quite imperfectly I must add, <laughs> I hope some of the statements that I've read have encouraged you. I pray that something that you heard specifically that you're facing, whether it's fear or purposeless or depression, or loneliness, or feeling cursed or worthless or confused, there's something in there for all of us. And I pray if one of those statements resonated with you that you'd go back Listen to it again. Write it down. We're going to put it in the show notes, a link to these 20 uh, cans of success or these why should I statements. And go back and reflect on these. It's, it's believing the truth. And as we learned last week, it's choosing to believe. It's a choice to go, this is true. Not what I'm feeling in the moment. But what I just read, what I've just heard, what God has said, that is true. And if you do that, it will certainly help you walk free in Christ. So I pray and hope that you guys will join us next week. Until then, be blessed.